0: In the late early early late seventies, early eighties in the U.S., uh, there was this move for a program by NASA called the Great Observatories Program. So the Great Observatories were meant to be uh, several, and in fact, eventually four uh, space telescopes that would overcome the difficulties of doing astronomy from the ground. Now. Uh, The Hubble Space Telescope is the most famous version of that, where, again, optical light certainly reaches the ground. And we have ground-based telescopes. But obviously, looking through the atmosphere, where it wobbles and so on, it doesn't give you the clearest images. But also, the Hubble Space Telescope was sensitive to ultraviolet light, which doesn't reach the ground. Um, And so the idea was that, uh, so that was the first one of the great observatories. And then NASA would have three more great observatories, each one going to a particular other wavelength region which is not you know detectable or easily detectable from the ground. there was the Compton gamma ray Observatory uh, again it's a good thing gamma rays don't reach us to the ground or if you read comic books it would all be incredible hulks or <laughs> they're certainly not conducive to life. Um, similarly with the Chandra x-ray Observatory we don't most of our, our atmosphere absorbs the x-rays which is great. Uh, not great for astronomy, but great for human and any other kind of life, because you don't want to be just com- constantly bombarded by x-rays. Uh, and the fourth of the great observatories uh, was initially called the Space Infrared Telescope Facility, and which would become the, uh, renamed the Spitzer Space Telescope. And that one was to work at infrared wavelengths. So these are wavelengths of light that are longer than our eyes can see. And we're usually uh, familiar with infrared light in terms of infrared remotes, like your TV remote and so on. The light that it sends, t- it communicates with your TV via light, except it's not light your eyes can see. It's a wavelength that it's invisible to you, but it's certainly there. Um, and then the, um, and Spitzer actually works even a little bit longer wavelengths than the infrared remotes that we have. And the um, It's very difficult to do infrared astronomy from the ground, not impossible, but one of the difficulties from doing infrared from the ground is the fact that uh, there's water vapor in our atmosphere, which is certainly very good for us (laughs) uh, in general. But water vapor is very good at absorbing infrared light. And in fact, it's the most common molecule in the air that absorbs infrared and gives us a limited greenhouse effect, which makes the earth warm enough for us to exist in. Now, uh, we often hear about carbon dioxide as being uh, the infrared absorbing and hence heating and greenhouse gas. It is, and in fact, it's actually, it's the, its combination with water vapor is that is the, the difficult thing that is. Um, it absorbs in a lot of infrared light as well uh, and giving us worse greenhouse effect which we don't want but separate from that uh all that water vapor in the atmosphere gives us a couple of narrow windows where we can see uh, and observe the universe but what we want is to observe at multiple wavelengths lots of different infrared wavelengths of light and that was the job of spitzer the other thing about infrared light which people may be familiar with is that uh we often think you uh, hear about in- infrared cameras where you can see things in- at night or' they're, they're often called night vision cameras night vision cameras c- can operate in one of two ways one is they either amplify whatever the ambient light is whatever light is available um, that's just taking the optical light that our eyes would see and just boosting it. The other way is infrared light that is everything that's warm anything that's warm gives off light and usually things that are just you know a little warm to you know, Uh, Fairly, and, and, you know, basically they give off light and that most of that life light often turns is infrared light. And so the advantage of going into space is the fact that our atmosphere actually emits infrared light. So you don't want to look at the universe through this glowing foreground of our own atmosphere. In addition to the fact that a lot of that, the water vapor in the atmosphere also absorbs that infrared light coming from space. So the uh, Spitzer space telescope was designed to basically overcome all of those things first by being above the atmosphere, which makes life a lot easier. So you don't have something absorbing that light. And the other part of it is that if it's warm it will emit its own infrared light. So you're seeing the light from your own telescope as opposed to the stars and the galaxies and everything else that's out there. So what you want is your telescope to be very cold. And one of the advantages of the Spitzer Space Telescope was by being in space is that you can actually cool it down. And that's the image of it floating behind me. And you see that big shield on one side. Uh, That shield actually protects it from the sun and makes it very cool on the the tube side, the telescope side. On the other side of that shield is a solar panel, so that's how we get our power. But then no sunlight is allowed to fall onto the telescope itself. In addition to that, we carried liquid helium, which is very, very cold. And so we use that to cool the telescope and the instruments within the telescope. So we could be very cold so that we're not emitting any of the light that we hope to detect from things that are not our telescope from stars, galaxies, and so on. Uh, so that was um, the genesis of the idea. And then the technology, you know, a lot of technological development had to be done to both have have it operate the way it was operating at those cold temperatures. Although there have been other infrared space observatories, this was very innovative. But then the other part of it was that, you know, once it was launched in 2003, Um, it was in what's called an earth trailing orbit because the earth itself is warm. So we don't want to be next to a warm thing. If we are, then you have to actually expend more of your liquid helium to keep yourself cold. So we're in what's called an earth trailing orbit. So we basically had the spacecraft get it just enough of a push so that it started drifting away from the earth in the same orbit as the earth is in the sun. That is we're orbiting the sun at one year, Uh, intervals, just like the Earth is, except we were just slowed down a little bit so that we were just getting further and further separated from the Earth. So we didn't get any heat from the Earth. We had the sun shield uh, blocking the sun from the telescope, and we could go down to nearly five degrees Kelvin um, to uh, basically be very cold. So then anything that was warmer than that in the universe, we could detect the light and observe it.